Hey guys, Danny here, and on this episode of Music Lesson Business Academy, I'm going to talk about something that I think School of Rock gets right that most schools seem to get wrong. Roll the intro. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Music Lesson Business Academy. I'm your host, Danny Thompson, as always. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you to all of you who subscribe to the podcast, and a special shout out to all you Platinum 100 Club members. So, uh, man, I just had a huge recital yesterday, and uh, I've talked about it before, but we kind of split up all of our recitals, so um, we do what we call like a performance event, and that's more for like your singers, piano players, even some guitar players. Um, and we're trying to get away from like the kid just getting up there and maybe just playing a little song by themselves on piano or singing to a backing track as much as we can. We had a little bit of that, but what we are doing more of is getting kids to perform together. So a lot of teacher accompaniment going on. So, um, you know, you might have two teachers, our drum instructor, Nick, just kind of held it together a bunch, you know, for people just laying down some basic beats and um, really creative, cool performances from the students and um, the parents. And this also allows you to get more kids because you might have three kids performing together. We had as many as five, I think, in one little performance. Uh, But it still only takes like three minutes for their performance to happen. So you can get more kids and still maybe only have 30 or 25 performance slots. So, you know, if you do that, you can get 50, 60 kids into a two-hour event. And I like to keep them shorter like that. Did the photo booth, cotton candy machine, the bar was open, food, stuff like that. So it's a fun environment, um, great performances. We had the place packed and, um, you know, we had 100 and paid, 127 paid adults and then kids 12 and under get in free. So, you know, probably there was a lot of kids. So probably about 200 people there charging 15 bucks entry to get in. So uh, you can do the math there, but did pretty well. Easily covered our employee expenses, what we paid the venue. We probably came away from this one making yeah, a little bit of profit. Not, not, you know, that's not really the point of what we're doing these events for, but it's sure a lot better than, you know, it costing me 500 or $700 to do a really cool event. So always a little tired the next day, though. That was a long, <laughs> a long day. I also was playing drums for our adult band camp that's happening right now. So I was sitting in on drums for that <clears throat> uh, the first part of the day yesterday and then went right to the venue for um, the recital. So something else cool, uh, Corey came up with this amazing idea that we're using. So, you know, we purchased another music school a while back and it's kind of a small school. It's about 30 minutes south of us. Three rooms, just a few teachers. You know, right now it's about 100 students. And, you know, Corey and I split up our time best that we can, you know, so some days one of us is down there and one is at the current location or the main flagship location and then we'll switch it off. But 
you know, due to our schedules or me traveling, there are some times where, you know, quite a bit of time right now where there isn't one of us down there. And, you know, we really can't do a full-time, you know, front door staff office person there with a small school like that. So in the interim of building it up, um, we got a Facebook portal and it's pretty cool. So we have like a, you know, a 24 inch TV mounted down there at that location. And then uh, in the flagship, we have like a digital picture screen on the desk and you basically can call the other portal through a video call. So then just at the start of the day, we'll just call each other on that portal uh, or I'll have a teacher who whoever the first teacher in is down at that location can call us on the portal. And then it's basically a live video feed um, that we just leave on. You can mute the volume and mute your microphone so people don't have to hear you. But the idea is, you know, when a customer walks in down there that comes in for their lesson, we can greet them from the other office and uh, say hello to them, answer a question if we need to, things like that. It's also just kind of fun talking to the kids down there while I'm up here and vice versa. And kids were coming in the office today and waving at Corey, who was down at the other school. And it was kind of fun. And I just think it's a cool use of technology to add another layer of service. And, you know, it certainly doesn't replace having a person there. And, and I'm sure we'll have more staffing down there once it's a, a little more doable for us to do so. But in the interim, it's kind of a cool little, you know, connected feeling that we've only, you know, that we're getting. And we've only had it on for a couple of days, but it does, it just makes us feel more connected when we're there. It's, it's actually really cool. So kind of a neat thing that you might look into. Um, you know, the other nice thing about it was, and I could see a, um, a studio owner who works from home. Maybe you have multiple locations and you have managers in each location or just, you know, full-time staff that you manage from home. And, you know, Corey and I were, a, were talking about things through the portal today, whereas normally I might be having to text him and say, oh, do you know what's going on with this customer or this student? Or, hey, we need to schedule this thing. Or did you hear back from that venue that we're trying to line up? Whatever. And today it was easy. I would just go over to the portal and say, hey, Corey. And he'd hear it on the other end and walk over and get in front of the TV monitor. And we just had a conversation as if we were in the office together. So I already started to think about how I'm going to have that set up in my home office when I move away and I'm not at the schools all the time. But in a way, it's so much better than just texting or calling a teacher. Like to be able to just sit in front of that with a teacher and talk about something is kind of cool. It's really not any different than being in front of each other in person. And um, I think that could be a really cool solution for people in a lot of ways. So kind of fun. Check it out. Um, <clears throat> something else I started looking at. I had a meeting today with um, somebody from a company called Ground Truth. And um, it's some geo-targeted location-based ads that I'm looking at doing. So I'm kind of experimenting with it. I'll let you know how it works for me. Um, and you know, see if it's something that we can get to work. It's pretty affordable in a lot of ways, and there's some really cool targeting, such as um, big companies and big retail outlets and grocery stores and all kinds of different businesses are already built into this system. So if I wanted to just say target gyms, 
or coffee shops or something like that, kind of a general terminology like that. I could say, give me all the gyms within a 10-mile radius of my school, and I could make sure that this geo-targeted ad is only showing to people that have visited those gyms within that radius. Or I could get more specific, such as, I think a lot of parents or moms that bring their kids to my school shop at Trader Joe's. I can target specifically Trader Joe's, and it's only going to show this people to only show this ad to people whose telephones, which are GPS based, have visited that um, Trader Joe's. So, kind of a cool concept. You know, I'm going to see if I can make it work for our type of business um, and our type of budgets. And, uh, but man, the technology to do those kind of things is so cool. Today's episode is brought to you by NeverAloneBusinessServices.com. SEO, Google ads, Facebook ads, and more for music school owners done by music school owners. Pretty cool. Check those guys out. Go over to NeverAloneBusinessServices.com. You can fill out a form on their website over there. They'll do a free marketing assessment with them. Mention Music Lesson Business Academy, save 100 bucks off your first month. This episode is also brought to you by the fine folks over at TeacherZone. Scheduling, billing, and student learning management all rolled into one awesome little package. TeacherZone.com, check those guys out. They'd love to give you a free demo of how it all works. All right, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. Recently, I was listening to Seth Godin. He was being interviewed on one of my favorite podcasts, Small Business, Big Marketing, with Timbo Reed out of Australia. Kind of the podcast that started me, or one of the first podcasts that really started me down the journey of learning about marketing. And Seth Godin's wife owns a vegan kosher gluten-free bakery. And that is not for everybody, but it is for somebody. And that's what I think School of Rock gets right that so many music schools get wrong. School of Rock knows exactly what their brand identity is, who they are, what they're all about, and who their ideal customer is. They have a very, very strong brand identity. School of Rock isn't trying to go really, really wide in their business model. And what I mean by going wide is they don't have a ton of products and services that they offer. It's pretty straightforward, right? Guitar, bass, drums, piano, singing, band classes. It's really about... Students who want to learn those instruments, but you learn it in the context of playing in a band and getting on stage and performing classic rock songs. That's not for everybody. That's not for every parent. What they're not doing is trying to offer violin lessons or, you know, uh, brass and woodwind instruments. So, and there are schools that go wide, and, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with going wide. You can offer a lot of different programs. It does make it easier to build a student base to some degree um, by going wide as opposed to going deep. 
For me, I learned years ago for me to love what I do at the school and for us to be great at it, I think you got to go deep. And what School of Rock does well is they go deep. They take those five or six offerings and they try to offer a much deeper experience in those offerings as opposed to kind of a generic wide offering. And you know, I'm not, not, you know, there's probably schools that may be an exception to this, and I'm not certainly not cutting down any school that kind of offers a little bit of everything. But what I tend to find is those schools are pretty generic, and I doubt are amazing at any of those things. And that's maybe not their goal. Maybe their goal isn't to offer the best band program and the best lessons. Maybe it's just to offer a decent job at those things, an adequate level and build, you know, a decent financial um, picture for themselves. And that's totally fine, too. If that keeps you happy, then that's all that matters. But from a marketing standpoint, School of Rock isn't trying to compete with that school. School of Rock isn't trying to get the piano student who really wants to learn a more traditional style of, you know, piano or more of a traditional piano lesson and maybe, you know, go to a you know, go to college just for piano um, and get a degree or anything like that. That's a different customer. That's a different parent um, that's looking for that style of lesson. They're not concerned with schools that do that. They're not trying to compete. They don't look at it in that way. I don't really even look at School of Rock necessarily as competition for me. They are a little bit. We cross over to some degree. Um, I have students that have left us and gone there, and I have students that leave them and come to us. And quite honestly, I have a pretty good relationship with the School of Rock owner that's closest to us. We've talked on the phone and, you know, we we don't um, talk trash about each other or anything like that, at least as far as I know. Um, Who knows? But uh, I know I don't talk trash about them. They do what they do and they do it well. And I do something different than what they do. And the area where I see this pop up is, you know, School of Rock is a target. It's a target from all of us. They're the big guys. So it's easy to to try to pick on them. And I, you know, I'm not talking about their lesson programs. And I, I don't really know that much about the inner workings of their lesson programs or the quality level. And I'm sure it varies by location because some of the schools are franchises. And if you've been listening to me over the last year or two, you know that most of this is about people and people is going to be what causes the biggest uh, or makes the most dramatic impact on your business is going to be the people. But, um, from the standpoint of them understanding who they're trying to appeal to and what they do well, they've really got it figured out. And I'm always surprised that other music schools view them as competition. Um, and then when I look at that school or talk to that school owner, they're in such a different market or different target market that I can't even believe that they're worrying about it. So you know, we like to pick on them. Again, they're the big guys. So it's easy to look at a school of rock ad and go, oh my God, this is terrible. It would never work for my school. Well, you know, that's not the point of their ad. Their point, the points of their ad is to appeal to their best customer. And they do a really good job of knowing who that is and finding those people. 
I dropped a video on the Music Lesson and Business Academy YouTube channel a few weeks back that was called My Number One Marketing Tip for Music Schools for 2020. And I think this relates. And in that video, I said that differentiating yourself from the other schools out there is the number one thing you can do to make your marketing easy. Easier, I should say. Now, that in itself isn't going to make you successful or make your lessons good or anything like that. But what it will do is make it easier, easier for you to do marketing. The reason being is that so many schools are kind of doing a generic offering. They have a weak brand identity. It's very similar to so many other schools. And that makes it very difficult to differentiate yourself or have a strong offering or a strong opinion about something. You cannot be, it's very hard to be great at something trying to make everybody like you, right? The most popular bands in the world are still hated by way more people than they are loved by people, right? Out of the hundreds of millions of people in the world, if a couple million loved your band, you're golden. So instead of trying to create a brand that's going to appeal to people who want to be in a rock band, but also people who want classical piano that might want violin and might want a little kid's class like Kids Rock, it's very difficult to build a strong band when you're going too wide with everything that you do. Now, I'm not saying that you can't offer these different things. I think there's ways that you could put those things together. But you need to do it under the banner of one strong brand that stands for something, that means something to people. And again, I would just push all of you, don't worry about School of Rock. Don't worry about the competition. Worry about you. Who are you? What do you really stand for? And if I ask you on the phone, what are you all about? What do you stand for? What do you believe in when it comes to your music lessons and why you're doing it? You need to be able to have a strong answer. It's rare that a customer is going to ask you that question. That's not really the point. Um, It's the same when I ask you, you know, tell me what you do. What are you all about? What's your brand identity? Well, you're never going to tell your brand identity to a customer. But if you know your brand identity, you know what your elevator pitch is, you know what your teaching philosophy is, all those things make it easy for you, easier for you to design your marketing, to design your website, to write copy that all fits into that identity. What I see in marketing materials from a lot of music schools is bits and pieces of text and copy that they've basically taken from other schools that they thought, oh, that line sounds good. I'm going to take that. This sounds good. I'm going to put this in over here. And I should probably put something here that covers this kind of customer because I want to get them as well. And in general, in the marketing world, that just doesn't work. So I would encourage you to take a step back and really dig deep on who you are and what you stand for. So in Music Lesson Business Academy, the first couple of modules, it's only about those things. Mission statement, why are you doing this, and what's the brand identity? And again, just having those things by themselves without taking action and doing other elements of the business that are necessary 
you know, you're not going to be successful if you don't do the whole package. But if you start with those things and you get really detailed and deep on this is who we are, this is what I'm all about, it just makes all the other stuff come together so much easier. All right, guys, I hope you got a little something from that episode. Great talking to you. As always, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. (laughs) 